Want to hone your craft as a digital marketer and get expert insights from thought leaders and industry experts? Welcome to the How I Work podcast. I'm your host, Josh Becerra, founder and president of Agurian. Follow us on Twitter at Agurian Tweets or subscribe to our YouTube channel for more great content. Now, here's the episode of the podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Josh Becerra from Agurian. This is our next episode of How I Work. I'm here with Andrew Foreman. Thanks for being here, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. Excited to be here. Yeah, so Andrew is the founder and CEO of Gives. Uh, prior to Gives, Andrew spent six years in investment banking, was a treasurer of a nonprofit organization. You have an MBA from Harvard Business School, BA in mathematics and economics from Hamilton College. You're a smart guy. You live <laughs> in New York, proud dad of three a three-year-old daughter, and a one-year-old son, and you're still trying to make time for recreational sports. Good on you. Thanks Thanks so much for being here. Again, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so um, I love, you know, your story and going from like kind of being in investment banking to nonprofit and now in social impact businesses. Can you um, just tell us a little bit more about that story? Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from Hamilton, as as you mentioned, I came out and I was like, okay, what, you know, math major, econ major. So I was like, trying to create a finance esque major out of a liberal arts college. Yeah, and I said, all right, what opens the most amount of doors? So I said, all right, investment banking is where I can probably make the most money coming out of college and, you know, go anywhere from right. after your two years in banking. But then I just didn't know what I wanted to do, didn't know what I wanted to do, and ended up in banking for six years. And at that point, you're like, are, are you a career lifetime banker? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like the work, uh, especially once I got to the new organization that wasn't just a bulge bracket firm. It was more entrepreneurial. Um, we, I felt we were adding a lot of value to our clients. And then, but we were still just kind of making money out of money or, or you know, selling companies that were already doing pretty well, but making sure that we got the best possible price for them and really helping the entrepreneurs that built that business to make sure that they position their business the best for sale. And we knew all the companies that they could sell to. And, and so I really do think that investment bankers add a ton of value for the entrepreneur that is selling their business. But in terms of social impact, not a lot going on there, right? Yeah. You're really just making making more money out of you're missing a little meaning. Yeah, definitely missing a little meaning on on my end. Um, and so I had also I was also simultaneously running a nonprofit. So I was kind of like doing nights, late nights and weekends on the nonprofit and saying, like, okay, this is like the meaning portion of my life. And then yeah. the rest of the time was just, you know, the work portion of my life. And I was like, it would be really cool if I could combine those two things and one company that we were selling in my work life in particular that, you know, had unbelievable EBITDA margins. They were um, the most profitable company I'd, I'd ever seen in terms of margin percentage, like 60, 70% margins, like bottom line margins, EBITDA margins. Yeah. Wow. Um, and they were doing work in the Middle East, screening, you know, background screening folks, which is a commoditized business here in the US. But over there, it was not commoditized. They had you know, the sole database that they had created from scratch by sending people to different locations um, to see if, in fact, this was a real school where engineers learned how to engineer or if it was just a shack in the middle of nowhere and, and people were being fake engineers or coming in as fake doctors or fake pilots. Sure. And you can see how that would actually like, you people lost their lives because people were 
fake engineers building buildings that were collapsing in 2005, 2006, et cetera, et cetera. So these guys built a business off of saving people's lives, but also making a ton of money while doing it. Um, And that was the inspiration for me, the CEO of that company. I got to work very closely with him um, to sell his business um, a couple of times over. And, and he was like, man, go back to business school. He wrote my letter of recommendation to go to HBS and, uh, and, and find a problem and fix it. And so I go back to business school. I was thinking about my time as a nonprofit, you know, treasurer in New York city and how hard it was to get deals done with actual, with actual brands and companies, even right. though I knew people at those companies that were high up at those companies that wanted to make this happen, there was still so much red tape. And I was like, there's got to be a better way because there was value to be added on both sides, right? Like for sure, the, uh, even, a, even a couple of thousand dollars meant the world to the tiny nonprofit that I was on. And the, you know, 2000 people email list that I had that was engaged in New York really could have meant something to a brand where they, yeah, they'd happily donate $3,000 and get, and, and be part of like, you know, first of all, a good movement, but second of all, get brand exposure to my, to my email list, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was trying to think of like, how do we make this all, how do we make this all happen? So I started uh, gives right out of business school and went through a couple of iterations, uh, but went through the last pivot about, 18 months ago, 18 months, two years ago now, and found what we're actually supposed to be doing, which is donating. Why, why don't you tell yeah. people a little bit about like this incentives to support donations for, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, thanks. Uh, we, so we now run donation incentives, which basically are reasons for people to buy now. So every brand is looking to move away from discounts. We, we know that discounts work in some sense in terms of getting people to buy now, but we also now know that people that buy on discounts rarely come back or they never come back at full price, right? So they're actually your, some of your worst customers are the ones that come in initially through discounts. So how do we move away from discounts and how do we weave in social impact in a genuine and authentic way because the consumer is demanding this? And, and so that's where donation incentives come in where you can say something like, hey, spend over $100 on our site today. We'll give you $10 to give to a charity that you care about. And it's amazing how many people will add a couple of extra items to their cart to get over the $100 mark. You yeah. see your average order value go up and then you give them $10 to give to a charity of your choice. This is not asking them to donate an extra $10. You're giving them $10 now, again, from the business perspective, this is much more capital efficient than a discount for, for a number of reasons, which we can well, talk let's about dig later. In. Let's dig into discounts a little bit. Yeah. So you, you're not a fan of discounts uh, and these incentives seem to be a, a better way to do it. So like, talk a little bit more about why you think discounts really hurt companies. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can now see it, right. It, it, it had been something that people had felt people were like, Oh, like you're like kind of like JC Penny and you're going out of business because you're, nobody's ever buying anything at full price, JC Penny. And it's just like, that's why it's going out of business. And then people are like, Oh, Apple is the pinnacle, right? Cause you never get Apple products discounted and you're just always trained to pay full price. So people right. kind of qualitatively were like, okay, we know that discounts are bad, but now there's a bunch of apps out there you know, if you're in the shop D2C Shopify universe, there's a couple of apps out there, one in particular, Peel Insights, where you drop in all of your data and you can see that people that came in on Black Friday, Cyber Monday a year ago, 
they paid like they they paid 50% off, right? <laughs> they paid 50% of they what they never they came back. They never came back. And yeah. like and and the people that came in and paid, you know, even on even if they got a 10% discount or something in September, October, or even December after Black Friday, Cyber Monday, those people have come back multiple times and paid full price or paid another 10% off, right? And and their lifetime value is so much larger. And so you can actually just see the impact on the business from a quantitative perspective. And I'm a numbers guy and math guy. So yeah. that was is the, is the number one thing that that slaps me across the face. It's like, hey you have to be really careful about these steep discounts and, and what the, what the long-term effect is going to be on your brand. Don't you think it's also like a, a mindset thing? Like there are people who like, they're just discount people. Like they won't buy anything unless they can find a coupon or something, totally. right? They're like, or they find something they want to buy and then they spend hours trying mm -hmm. to find like, where can they get the discount or the coupon? So I do think that there are like, people who are more loyal to the coupon or the discount than they are to any sort of brand, wouldn't you say? Uh, absolutely. And those are not necessarily the people you want to be targeting, right? You want to form the relationships and find the people that are not like that, right? Because like yeah. those people are just going to move on. They're going to hop from brand to brand exactly as you said, next deal to next deal. And that's how they roll. And that's fine. Those people are going to be out there. And if, and if they happen to come across your site at some point and purchase, great. But realistically, there's a lot of people out there that want to be associated with a good brand. They want to feel like they're getting a good deal. The definition of a good deal has changed in yeah. 2022 as it was in 2002, right? Um, let alone 19, you know, late 1900s where people were saying like, hey, a deal back then was a discount. That was it. Discount equals deal. Now a deal can certainly be something like a donation incentive. It's like, Hey, like when I bought like my new sheets for my bed, I spent, yeah, I spent $300 on the sheets, but you know what? They gave me 60 bucks to give to any charity that I wanted to give to. And right. so I actually gave it to my best friend's charity, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's a deal all of a sudden it's yeah. different, different world. we live. And it makes you feel different. It's like, yeah, it taps into like a different motivation than like get myself a discount for sure. Exactly. Exactly. People want to feel good. And, and maybe they, you know, they haven't outright donated. Like people are always like, Oh, I talked about like, Oh yeah, I should donate more. I should do, I, I should do more, but here's an easy way to, buy that item that you wanted to buy anyway but feel good about it and give yeah. money to a to a charity that you that you care about cool so i've always been a fan of the like social impact businesses been paying attention to it for a while i think like in my mind tom shoes right like you buy oh, a pair of shoes, they yeah. give a pair of shoes kind of thing and that social impact was like embedded in their business model totally but, like most businesses don't really have it like embedded. So do you really think that businesses that don't have the it embedded in their business model can still make like that impact? It's a great question. And yes, I, I do. I think, but I think you have to go about it the right way, right? So the, the big issue that brands run into is like all of a sudden it's like they've never cared about anything, but it's Pride Month and they want to try to sell some some more stuff. So they like lean into Pride Month all of a sudden and like people will call them out on that for right. for uh, on the internet. Right. And I'm like, we okay, just well, launched doing... our new rainbow product. For yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Bad. So, <laughs> so so it's crazy because they are trying they are trying to obviously they're trying to sell things, but they're also trying to do some good. So I, I hate when people are, you know, booing that. Um that said you want to try to avoid that because there are going to be people out there that do that. So, so the way that 
we've built our business is to actually say, hey, let the customer decide. If you don't have something like built in like a Tom's Shoes, or even if you do, quite frankly, but especially if you don't, start a program now that encourages people to spend more on your site and then let them choose what is most important to them. So you stand for your customers, which every brand should be standing for their customers. That is the key this day and age, right? And so you want to, if you know, what Josh cares about is different than what Andrew cares about is different than what Lauren cares about and different than what Katie cares about. And so you should tell each of them, Hey, Josh, Andrew, Lauren, Katie, we care about what each of you individually care about. And in fact, when you spend a hundred dollars on our site, you get $10 to give to whatever you care about, Josh, and whatever you care about, Andrew. And so you can donate to something. I can donate to something completely different. Yeah. And the brand is going to actually support you in that. And and they're putting their money where their mouth is. And that's how brands can start to get into this without having it embedded in, in the beginning of their sure. Yeah, I think it's really cool because like you're you're basically aligning your brand's interests with like each individual's interests. And I think anytime brands can do that, they're setting themselves up for success. So, you know, one thing that now that you've started this, that you have is like a, a long list of people like me and what, what are like the causes and issues that we actually care about, right? Most. And so, you know, there's value in that, of course. Um, but that also brings up like questions around privacy, right? So how are you tackling uh, the privacy side of things or what kind of impacts is that having on your business? Yeah. So for us, so so privacy right now, obviously a huge topic with iOS 14 and Google talking about taking away third-party cookies. Um, the the All this focus on privacy is making Facebook ads more expensive. It's making yeah. TikTok ads more targeting people just more expensive. And the information that you have on people is less and less and less as, as, as a brand. So you need to start to get this information for yourself, right? Um, mm -hmm. You need to have this as zero party or first party data so that you can use it because third party data is, is starting to starting to go away. Yeah. And so with Gibbs, brands can actually go in, say, hey, here's 10 bucks to give to a charity that you care about. And now they learn exactly what Josh cares about. And that's yeah. their own. They now own. That's becoming that. their first party data. That's so becoming their first party data. Okay. That's right. So with, with us, that's their first party data. Now, it, we also have access to that um, on, the, on the give side of things. Um, and eventually, we will turn it over to the consumer side where we'll say, hey, guys, like, you guys have shopped. Here's here's a profile of all the money that you've donated to all the different charities, right? Um, and if you guys want to continue to shop at brands where you can support your favorite charity, here's the list of all the brands, right? And eventually we'll 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 go there. Um, but right now we're really just you know keeping that information secure, encrypted, off off to the side, um, and really letting the brands do their thing right now. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a changing environment uh to say the least and yeah we in digital marketing are are definitely um trying to push brands to use their own first party data because yeah third party data is drying up for sure totally so um man i've been really like i love this conversation i love what you're doing with gives um we're kind of running out of time so <laughs> one of the one of the questions that i like to kind of end on or follow up with is just around like 
your inspiration, who, who you're, maybe there's some thought leaders that have either like pushed you in this direction or that today you're listening to podcasts, um, you know, books you're reading. Can you tell us uh, or the audience a little bit about who's maybe challenging your thinking or inspiring you today? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to give credit where credit's due in the first place, pulling me out of investment banking, bringing me into the into the startup world, two crucial people there, one being the the CEO and, and a mentor of mine who, you know, I sold his company, he ended up, you know, being in my ear saying, hey, go to business school, start something, et cetera, et cetera. But then really my wife, and this may sound cheesy, but my wife, she is an absolute rock star. She had started her own, started her own company out of out of her senior year dorm room in, in college, sold that business, now is on the investor side of things and just created, launched her, her own VC fund. Um, but she showed me that it's possible that there's other things out there, not just like the quote unquote safe investment banking route. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I got to gotta give credit where credit is due there. In terms of public figures and, and, and books that, that I'm reading. I always recommend the, the hard thing about hard things, um, by Ben Horowitz. I just, um, I have to go back and reread that book from time to time because things are hard. This stuff's hard. <laughs> it's really freaking hard. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the best thing. Like, you know, I'm like, all right, don't, don't fix what's not broken. Right. I read that book and I under like, you know, it just helps me. And so that's kind of my, my go-to, go-to piece there. Um, and then whenever people ask me like, oh, if you want to have dinner with somebody, the first time I did an interview, maybe it was a couple of years ago. And they said, hey, if we're going to tag somebody who might respond, who might actually respond, like yeah. that's a public figure, who would you want to like get lunch with? And I said, who's going to respond and who would be interesting? Like Mark Cuban, <laughs> right? Because like he's super successful owns a basketball team, which is, I feel like a lot of guys dreams. And I like still, you know, sp I love sports. And so I was like, I would love to get lunch with him. Um, and so now I always say him and we try to tag him and stuff and he never responds, but um, it is uh, apparently cool. cold email him. He will respond. So one day. We'll yeah, see. there you go. Well, that's awesome. I love how you like uh, bring it back to kind of your mentors and to your, uh, wife and your personal relationships. I do think that like this stuff is hard. And if you don't have people like that in your lives that continuously support you and push you, um, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do on your own. So kudos to you for everything that you're accomplishing with gives. I think it's super cool. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time today to be my guest on how I work. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the How I Work podcast with Josh Becerra. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe. To learn more about Agurian and for more digital marketing tips and insights, head to agurian.com.